Blog Talk Radio.
Thank you so much for tuning in to Mingle Zone Network Radio. This is Ravinder, your host, and today is a very special show. We will be discussing the possibility of UFOs. Um, we do have a special guest in the room today, Mrs. Terrell Copeland. She was on the uh, UFO Hunter Show, which is on the History Channel, and was declared by the host, Bill Burns, that he was a hybrid, a product of intergalactic breeding that is being prepped for direct contact with alien relatives. Um, some time ago, Terrell reported with others of uh, seeing UFOs, and Terrell is here to give us more information on that and to tell us about his experiences. Terrell, are you on the line with us now? Uh, yes, I am. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for being here. Um, it's always been a curiosity of myself and others of you know the possibilities of uh, intergalactic neighbors that we may have. I'm quite sure that they've probably been here and been visiting us, and, and, you know, I don't know what kind of things could have happened as far as us being on their planetary um, area, but um, you could probably give us some more information on that. So let's just talk about um, your first experience. You want to give us some feedback on that? Uh, sure. Uh, again, I'd like to thank you for having me on. Uh, I've heard a lot about you and your show, and I'm really thankful to have this opportunity. Um I started seeing these spacecraft in 1997. Um, I was just a teenager, so I didn't make much of it. I didn't see them as uh, spacemen and whatnot. That's, that was not a belief that I had at the time. Uh, but they made, they made an impact on me where I wrote them down in a journal. Um, and the first crafts that I saw were cylindrical shape. They looked like missiles. Um, and that's what I thought they were at first because I live in a military-heavy area in uh, the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. You, you have many naval bases, um, the Air Force, Marine Corps, everybody's here. It's a military area. Um, but they were just so unusual looking, and, and the way that they moved were, were just um, astounding. And I kept seeing these objects um, up until I joined the Marine Corps in the year 2000. And sometime in the winter of 2000 or early 2001, I had an encounter on uh, the base that I was stationed on, which is also in Hampton Roads, and it was a flying saucer, you know, what you see in the movies. It was an actual flying saucer. And, again, I didn't see this as alien or anything like that. I figured I'm on a, I'm on a military installation. Maybe, you know, that's really the truth here, that, that we're dealing with a government-built uh, project. Um and I didn't report this incident or anything like that. Unfortunately, I had to get out of the Marine Corps early because of a uh, blood condition that uh, is unresolved. Um, it wasn't until 2005 that I saw a triangular-shaped craft that was the size of a football field, probably uh, bigger than that. I was in a shopping uh, mall parking lot, and this object was larger than the entire shopping mall. And it was just over my head, made no noise. It was just really eerie. And that's when I finally started this journey where I figured I'm dealing with something here that it, it cannot be from this planet. We just can't build anything like this. It was just incredible. Wow. So now when you when you saw these objects when you were older, did you know, can did they do anything in particular or were they just flying or you know, what were they doing? Um, that's a very good point you made, uh, when you asked were they flying. The these objects, uh, when we use the term UFO, that's an outdated term, acronym. 
the government actually calls them UACs, Unidentified Aerial Craft, because alien spacecraft don't fly. You know, that's a human-based technology. We fly using aerodynamics, using gravity. Um, that's why we have wings and, and we use uh, rocket boosters and things of that nature. These objects, the real spacecraft, they don't fly at all. They're, um, they're actually denying or defying the rules of flying and gravity. They can stop on a dime. They can disappear. They can be at a standstill and just take off at speeds that are that are almost supernatural. It's, it's just incredible. I've, I've seen them in a broad daylight when there's many people around, and these people don't seem to see them, which tells me that, that either I'm crazy or they have a technology that is just beyond what we can even comprehend at this moment. Well, I don't doubt that at all. And there's been a lot of um, activity going on, too, you know, with mm-hmm. a lot of things being discovered lately and a lot of things being seen. Uh, I know before it looked like it was only a select few people were able to be able to, you know, see these things. But now it seems like a lot of people are seeing it. Absolutely. So all the incidents that you've had, do they all look alike? You know, like they could come from the same place, or do they look like they were pretty much different? I've seen so many different types of craft that um, even still today I'm kind of confused as to what's going on. Um, My belief is from doing research and from other stories from people that there are different um, races of uh, extraterrestrials here on Earth uh, for whatever purpose, some for research, some for... um, just to observe, uh, there are others who may be, you know, in contact with human beings. Uh, so that would make sense. We, we as humans have different types of aircraft that we use for different purposes. Um, but I've seen so many different kinds. I've seen the flying saucers, triangular shape, boomerang shape, uh, balls of light, um, just so many. And oftentimes researchers will ask me, you know, are, are you hoaxing? Because this is, I've never heard of someone who has seen this many craft before. But I've seen so many, and it's not too unusual. There are other people who see different types of craft, and they they're able to sometimes, fortunately, take video of these craft. I have two videos that can be seen on YouTube. They're very brief, um, but they're taken at night, and you do see uh, strange strange happenings going on. Wow! Now, have you ever seen an actual being? you know, come out of the aircraft? I've never seen them come out of the spaceship, unfortunately. Hopefully one day I will be fortunate enough to witness that. I um, I have seen them twice from from what I can remember. Um, a lot of times they don't allow you to remember contact because uh, the human brain is just not ready to deal with that for some people. Yeah. Right. For, for me personally, I'm just not – I would have a heart attack if I saw an alien – uh, up close, but um, there was two times. Uh, one time they came to my apartment, and uh, they just came through the window. They didn't open it. They just came through it, which was uh, mind-boggling. Uh, but again, they, they wouldn't allow me to see their faces. All I saw was uh, shadows, and they had sort of a, a glow or an aura around them. And uh, the second time, I was actually uh, taken up. I don't know where I was, but I wasn't in my house anymore. And it was just, uh, I felt so alive and, and at home. I felt like this was my family. It was 
hundreds of people there, all races, and they were all dressed in white. And uh, the person who was escorting me, I don't think was a human being, but they showed me someone else who obviously was not a human being. They had the black eyes that you always hear about and, and see on uh, TV programs and whatnot. Uh, it was just incredible. I'm, I'm hoping for more contact. Now, I, you know, I have a question in regards to, and that would be for anybody to answer, um, in regards to the way they look. Uh, a lot of times people have a memory of things for what they think it should look like. Same way people assume ghosts look like um, and, and many other things. And my perception on that would be if you do come in contact with them, they may just look into you for the memory that you have of whatever they should look like before they actually reveal themselves. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that um, relayed in other movies as well, you know, when they show certain movies and the, people, the, uh, the being is speaking in a different language or is showing themselves as something that you would accept, you know, uh, in your mind without you kind of losing it. So mm-hmm. do you think that maybe, you know, whatever you saw could have probably looked different and just showed you what you your memory would have been from what you've seen on TV and drawings and things like that? Absolutely. That's a very good point, and it's very much possible. I um, I call these beings deceptive, but I, I say that not in a malevolent sense, but in a logical sense. They, they have the technology to basically do whatever they want to do, and it would make sense that to make someone comfortable, that they will project themselves as something either recognizable or something that uh, that would make that person um, at ease. Um, uh, there was an incident, actually, uh, in Portugal some time ago. Um, I forgot what year it was, but uh, these people saw these basically spaceships. Actually, it was 1917, uh, May, May the 13th, 1917, in uh, Fatima, Portugal. And this, basically the whole town saw these spaceships. But the being that was shown was of the Mother Mary, what you see in paintings. It was a European woman, and they perceived her to be the Mother Mary. Now, I'm pretty sure that it wasn't the actual Mother Mary, but these people were at ease. They weren't frightened at all because of this project, this projected image. And um, stories like these go on and on and on in different books, from Bud Hopkins to Dr. John Mack, who deal with alien abductions and whatnot, there's always a projected image. It's very rare that, that people actually see what these creatures actually look like. Now, um, there, you have been reported to have said that, you know, you've had some physical uh, reactions to certain things in your life. And um, can you kind of go over that with us? We would like to know why you feel you'll be feeling things. Um, well, concerning it's such a long story, I I did a TV show in which I was just supposed to talk about my sightings and what have you. Um, it was UFO Hunters for History Channel. And they, one of the researchers asked me if I had any type of uh, physiological uh, deficiencies or whatnot. And I told them that, um, you know, I was discharged from the Marine Corps for having some type of unknown blood disorder. And he said, well, you know, I think <laughs> I think you may be an alien hybrid. And I'm like, okay, wow. 
it didn't strike me as odd because at that point in time I had done so much research um, where people have these disorders that are basically unknown or very, very rare, so rare that there's no type of treatment. And we went to Massachusetts General Hospital, uh, and I went to see the top hematologist in the country, Dr. Uh, David Sistrom. And even he, through a whole day of testing, I think I went through maybe 12, 13 hours of testing, everything from my lungs to my heart, my muscles, my blood. Uh, they were not able to find out why uh, I was having this uh, adverse reaction in my bloodstream. And when I went home to tell my mother what we had found, she told me that, you know, you've always been odd physically. She told me that when I was born, I was stillborn. Um, and when I was resuscitated, I really, I was an odd child. I didn't cry, and my eyes were black for a certain period of time. And it, it, there's this urban legend in my family that uh, when I was born, uh, someone had spoke to me, and I spoke back. I know that sounds absolutely ludicrous, but um, this is something that, that they talk about all the time at all the cookouts and get-togethers and whatnot. I never took it seriously before now. It, it could be true. Anything is possible. It certainly is. I mean, my daughter was 18 months old. Um, she was walking, and we went to the Blockbuster video store, and I was looking around, and she's walking around. She walked over to the movie um, poltergeist and pointed to it and just said poltergeist, poltergeist, <laughs> like an adult would say it. Now she's never seen the movie because it was, you know, an adult horror movie and I wouldn't let her look at it, but I looked at it. And um, in fact, I saw it in the movie, so I didn't even take her to see it. So mm -hmm. I was actually going to rent it to look at it at home. So she's never seen the movie before, but she walked over to it and she just said poltergeist. And it kind of threw me off a little bit because I'm like, she's not even in school yet, and she's already <laughs> using these words and knows how to pronounce it and everything. That's amazing. So that was, you know, that was a strange. And I think it's a possibility of what happened to you. So uh, your family would probably not just make that up, but I'm sure it probably did happen. So um, now when your doctors took all the tests, what did they come up with? Did they say it was something that they could describe, or they'd never seen it before? No, it's um, it's something that couldn't be described at all. It was uh, mind-boggling to them. Um, what it is is uh, it's called a creatine kinase, and that is an enzyme within the body, and it, it actually helps the, the person stay conscious, well, not conscious, but alive long enough uh, to get help in, in case of severe uh, brain trauma or something like that. Um, or muscle injury. Now, whenever a person gets a virus or a cold, the CK level rises in the body. I don't have a cold. I'm not sick. I don't have a virus. But this level is just uh, at very high levels, at levels where I should be basically crippled. The average uh, CK level for a male adult my age is anywhere from, uh, I think it was 150 to 200. Mine has been at times at 2,500. So it's basically like, what's going on here? And why is this guy not bedridden? Um, what they did find was that there are traces of a virus or a possible virus that has left. But what's unusual is that the body is still reacting to something 
that either cannot be seen and recognized or something that is no longer there. And that's that's almost impossible for a body to be reacting to a virus that, that doesn't exist. Um, and he was very curious to have me come back and, and do more tests. But as we all know, healthcare is very expensive right now. Um, mm-hmm. And there was another gentleman who, who participated in the show who I never met. He had videos similar to mine, similar stories about uh, possible UFO contact. And they figured since Terrell is in the hospital, let's just take a shot in the dark and give him a blood test, see what we come up with. And he had the same type of condition. I, um, I've met with several people uh, since that show who have emailed me or called me who have talked about possible alien uh, abductions and contacts. And they also uh, have the same condition. So I think that it's a marker that could be further explored, but I doubt that it will because it could be uh, the smoking gun, so to speak. Now, you did say you were in the military. Did Do you know if, um, well, did anybody ever mention to you whether or not Dave actually had contact himself, you know, and maybe have um, found any, any, any beings that they were able to examine or anything? Because I've noticed, Lately, there's a lot of pictures of autopsies being done on extraterrestrials, mm-hmm. and um, they don't look fake to me, but, mm-hmm. you know, it always helps to know if somebody within the military has some type of idea about it. Mm-hmm. Um, not while I was not while I was in, because that, that wasn't something that I was interested in. And my career was very short. It was only two years. Um, I had that sighting, and it was interesting because it was on an intelligence base which was very odd. Um, once I got out and I started to do my own research, uh, especially after the show had aired, I had many people from the military, especially the Air Force, which um, I take that word very seriously when it comes to uh, UFOs. And many people tell me that they have seen spacecraft uh, around uh, bases um, while they're on duty. Uh, incredible stories. Um Someone even told me that um, that they saw the Air Force actually, while they're on duty, actually saw the Air Force dispatch uh, fighter planes to go after an object. Um, it, it's not a uh, uncommon thing at all. There's so many stories that can be looked up. Um, there was an incident, uh, I believe it was uh, the Rendlesham Forest incident that happened in 1980 where uh, a nuclear U.S. nuclear base in England was basically shut down by some type of spacecraft, and um, there was nothing that the base could do about it because they had no power at all. And uh, there was reports of, of uh, officials actually touching this object and, and taking pictures of it and whatnot and actual beings coming out. Wow, that's really interesting. And with all the hype of... of things going on and then of course the Transformers movie coming out and they're, the Transformers <laughs> are actually like aliens and when you see that they attacked Air Force Base to get information and intelligence right. do you think that that's possible that that could be why they're hovering around those areas more so than others? Oh yeah absolutely They, um, you know that's, that's a very good point you bring up again I, I would urge people to pay attention to these movies coming out now uh, it used to be in days long past before my time, you see these movies about uh, aliens with, with eight legs and they look real goofy and stuff. 
nowadays, look at the terminology that they're using. They're using terminology like extraterrestrials and uh, EVEs and uh, aliens who come down to do sophisticated things. They don't act real stupid. They do sophisticated stuff that makes you uh, wonder. Uh, the last Indiana Jones movie was about aliens. Um, oh, yes. That was, that, was awesome. <laughs> that, that was so odd. What does that have to do with, with, with Indiana Jones? It was so technical. And there's a lot of truth in that because uh, before the, the Russians, the, the communists, Nazi, uh, Nazi Germany, were very interested in the occult and very interested in UFOs and extraterrestrials. The reason why they called themselves the Aryan race is because they believed they were the descendants of Aryans who, according to the Indians, came from a different star system. And uh, it's reported that the Nazis built flying saucers. They, they didn't know how to get them to fly, but they actually built shells of flying saucers. Um, to answer your original question, yes, they, these beings have a very particular interest, especially in the United States military-industrial complex, because the United States is the only country that's ever bombed people with, with nuclear weapons. So, of course, they will be very interested in what we're doing, what we're trying to do. Uh, it makes perfect sense. Right, we also have the highest intelligence in regards to the design of our our um, military, you know, projects and equipment, and and you know our, our entire system is a little bit more advanced than others. And I can see them having a big interest. I'm hoping that the interest is not to use it against us. Maybe they they are just trying to figure out where we are at this point. You know, I'm sure theirs is more advanced than ours. And then when you when you speak about movies. Um, I believe that since there, there some some of these stories are so far fetched that I believe that there's some type of uh, contact, maybe you know through telepathy or something, when these guys who are writing these stories come up with them. Because I mean, it doesn't seem like you could just be walking down the street <laughs> and all of a sudden you come up with this story. You know, right. I believe that it's sent to them to pass a message. Since when you think of movies, movies is like the major way to communicate with masses of people, you know, the television, the radio, music, things like that. So I believe that anything like that would try to use those those forms of communication to reach out to us to give us a message. Only certain few are going to understand the message or pick it up. But it's okay, because then we have, you know, certain people that will pass the message out there to, to the masses. So mm-hmm. I would think that they did communicate some kind of way with those people to give us these stories, either as a warning or just to make us aware of them. Mm-hmm. Now, if I could, uh, oh, go ahead. Um, let me just ask you, how did you come about being on the show uh, UFO Hunters? Um, very, very odd how it happened. I um, I took a quick video on my camera phone of a spacecraft uh, in March, the I believe it was March 5th of uh, 2006, I believe it was, I'm sorry, 2007. And um, there are many UFO reporting websites on the Internet, so I wanted to find one where I could just send my video um, so people could see it. I found one website called ufosnw.com. Um, it's based out of uh, Oregon, I believe. And I sent this video to the uh, owner of that website because he has a background in a- avionics and in, uh, in, uh, aircraft. 
So I asked him, what do you think about the video? Had, could he recognize it as maybe some type of helicopter or, or anything? Just tell me what do you think it is. Uh, a week later, he said he had no idea what it was. It was very exciting, um, and he just had some more questions about it. And uh, I would say a couple weeks after that, he said he had a movie producer friend who was doing a new television show about UFOs, and he wanted to talk to me about this video and possibly interview me. Um, the show was supposedly to be about um, military veterans and their uh, experiences with, with uh, possible UFOs. Um, when they came out to my area, Suffolk, Virginia, and talked to me about it and saw that I had a little bit more video and a, a much uh, complex story, they uh, decided to do it about uh, alien contact. So that's how it happened. It was totally um, – I've never – I've been on such a roller coaster ride these last couple of years. I've never contacted the media or anyone about this story because I was at a low point in my life where I was like, nobody's going to believe this. Um, but it, it just, you know, so many doors have been opened because there there have been so many uh, big sightings in the last couple of years that the media is starting to take more note of this issue. Wow. So now, um, have they invited you to come back on to talk more with you? Um, we have... We were discussing another show possibly to have um, more people come forward and, and talk about their contact and possibly get down to this uh, creatine kinase thing in the bloodstream. Um, that never came to fruition. And I, actually the show is, is canceled as of now, the UFO Hunters program, uh, which is bizarre. Uh, it was just canceled like overnight. Um, we don't know if that's going to be back on or not. I will be doing a uh, a 2020 episode for ABC. Um, right now, it's scheduled for July the 23rd. Um, that's subject to change, but right now it's July 23rd, and I'm I'm talking about a whole bunch of different things. I, I'm doing some work with a group called Starborn Support from New England, um, and we're just laying it all out there. We're talking about uh, so-called abductions, uh, our own experiences with that alien contact, why there are so many global sightings, what could possibly happen in the future. Um, so I think that episode will be very big. Yeah, certainly will. Um, have you talked with anybody who's actually been abducted by aliens? Oh, sure. Uh, many people. Um, uh, again, the, the group that I did work with, Starborn Support, uh, they're two twins, uh, which is just an incredible story in itself, who... They remember all of their experiences just about. They remember what they looked like, where they went. Um, there are people who just contact me almost every other day, every other week, telling me their experiences about possible abductions, where they've been taken, or they have what's called missing time, where they were doing something, and next thing they know, they've lost track of three, four hours. And they think that it could be an abduction because they've seen what they believe to be alien spacecraft. And we don't use that term, abduction. We say that we've been taken because an abductor is someone who has malintent. They intend to do bodily harm. No one who has been taken has been murdered or, or dismembered. They've all come back, and, and actually most of these people see this as being a, a great experience for themselves. It has allowed them to grow and mature as human beings because of the knowledge that there are others out there who are, are looking over us and who have an, 
a strong intent to see what we're doing here on the earth. So they they have not reported being, you know, or having any memories of um, being like examined. You know, or, oh, oh, sure. Um, in a way, because remember that movie? I I can't even recall that movie now. But um, the gentleman <laughs> who was taken yeah. and yeah, yeah. then they, of course, Hollywood has their own take <laughs> on what. Because Hollywood would probably like the the average scientist would probably do the same thing to an alien, you know, like right. digging here and digging there and and right. doing all these weird tests and not realizing that person is feeling all this. Mm-hmm. But you've never talked to anybody that's expressed that that they felt like they were being invaded, their bodies were being invaded. Oh, well, sure. Um, to talk about that movie, uh, you're talking about Fire in the Sky. Yeah, Fire uh, in the Sky. <laughs> What happened? All right, the book. Yeah, you know that's he sold his story to Hollywood, so they did whatever they wanted to do with that story. Right. As a matter of fact, he wasn't examined at all. From his book, he wrote an autobiography on himself. On himself, he wasn't examined at all. He woke up to find these strange beings around him, and when he got up, it scared him away. And after that, um, they uh, these humanoid-looking people who look human. Uh, put him to sleep, and they put him back where they found him. Uh, he wasn't naked when he came back. He was fully clothed. Um, <laughs> and uh, as far as people saying they've been examined, yes, but not in the – the people who – there are very few people who come out and say that their experience was negative, and they, they do say that they feel violated and what have you because they, you know, medical examinations were done. And that's understandable. You you don't know what's going on. Who are these people or these beings who have done this to me? I know that it's real. What's happening? But that's no different than our scientists here on this planet going into the wild, doing some type of scientific research. The scientists don't kill the animal. They don't intend harm. But if you were in that animal's shoes, you would be like, what is going on? Like who a are these Right. You know, <laughs> what's going on? And our scientists tag these animals just in case they need to do further research on the animal. Yeah, they still do that, you know, with the cows and horses. And sure. Even now they're down at animals in Africa, you know, they're testing and they're just trying to research the behaviors and things like that. So I understand that. However, I would prefer, you know, someone ask me for permission. <laughs> Don't just take me somewhere and start probing. <laughs> Now there there have been a lot of stories about certain women who have been taken, as you put it, um, and and that were barren and come back, you know, pregnant. Okay, yes. With the ability to to breed. Right. Now, have you talked to anybody that's ever experienced anything like that? Yes, I have. Um, quite a few women. Um, and and it's a mixed reaction. Obviously, these women know that they were pregnant but they don't have their children anymore, um, and they believe that these children were um, were taken by these extraterrestrials. So you have that motherly instinct uh, of wanting their children back, and that's very understandable. Um, there are other people who are just elated that that has happened. They know that they have children somewhere who, you know, are probably doing better than, than most of the people on this planet, a planet that is, is played with so much strife and, and madness. Um but I think the most important uh, aspect to this is that everyone that I've talked to 
that has had this happen, and all of the research that I've done, um, these women are always told that they will they will see their children again, that they will reunite with their children. So that may be some silver lining. Yeah, I, I would think that, you know, they have to grow somewhere else, learn a lot of things when they're somewhere else before they get to, to meet up again. Now, uh, there was questions that I had to ask you in regard to, um, uh, you know, the comparisons of the aircraft that you've seen and people also talking about uh, feeling themselves like flying and you know, in dreams, seeing themselves mm-hmm. doing strange things in dreams and actually remembering those things. Now, do you know of anyone or have you experienced this yourself of actually being, you know, aerial in your dreams? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I know quite a few people who um, have had dreams like that, myself included. Um, a lot of times, there. A lot of times, we get confused. UFOs or the UFO discussion goes hand in hand with uh, spirituality and and the the possibility of astral travel and consciousness projection. It goes hand in hand because a lot of these extraterrestrials are not just technologically advanced in us; they're more spiritually advanced in us. Um, that's why they a lot of them their their heads are so big because mentally they they're just on a different level as well as spiritually. I have had dreams where um I've been airborne and whatnot, and at this point, I just see it as a dream um There have been vivid dreams of me seeing spacecraft and me being airborne, but again, I can't say that it's reality because I just don't know it would be irresponsible for me to say that it was reality. I will say that there was one time very recently, maybe two, two and a half weeks ago, where when these beings come, they put me under uh, paralysis. Um, There's a lot of debate. A lot of people say that I'm just going through sleep paralysis, but I'm awake. I know where where I am consciously. And when they come, a lot of times I fight it, and they tell me, don't fight it. We don't mean any harm, blah, 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 and I still do it. They take me anyway. But this last time, I um I was on my couch, and I was under paralysis, and I said, okay, I'm ready. That's all I said. I, I, I said, hello, I'm ready. And as soon as I said that, as soon as I submitted, I could feel myself just floating. I was airborne. It was just crazy. A- after that, I, I lost um, consciousness. I don't remember what happened after that. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. And you know what? Um, I've heard lots of stories like that. So, you know, when you hear from people who don't even know each other or haven't read this anywhere, you know that there's a a strong possibility that things like that are happening. Mm -hmm. Now, I know when I was younger, um, probably between the ages of seven and nine somewhat, that my sister and I went outside on a summer evening in our backyard, which is the fence yard, and we were standing on the steps just talking, playing or whatever, and something was actually hovering over our house. And it was weird because it was just, I couldn't really see an actual aircraft or anything. All I could see was a circular group of lights, different color mm-hmm. lights, like red and yellow and white, stuff like that. 
and they're just going around in circles, and it's like several, several circles, but they're not all going. They're kind of like going counterclockwise to each other, mm-hmm. and it was just circling, and like they were just powering something. So we were looking at it, and we were just like, "Oh, look at that! That's cool." Because <laughs> we're kids, you know, kids do that. Kids don't say, jump and scream and holler and run in the house, <laughs> whatever. They just stand and so, "Oh, that's cool." You know, and then so we were looking at it, and then it just kind of went away. So, like, after that, I had, like, dreams that I was going to my my back door, to the backyard, to open it up to let somebody in. So when I let the person in, it was actually, you know, three small beings that were glowing, and they and I let them in the house, and I was talking to them. And then, of course, no, I, I don't remember anything after that. I could just remember that portion of the memory of me opening the door to something, and then I don't remember anything else after that. Wow. Wow. And then I've, I've had dreams where, like, as I got older, I've had a lot of dreams where I'm airborne and I'm flying, and I see the places. I see, when I have dreams, they are very clear and vivid. I mean, I have smells, touch, everything. So... I was I dreamt that I was flying over this area and I saw this this area where it was like tents, kiosks and stuck stopping stuff. That was when I was a teenager. So maybe about four years ago I went to Orlando and I went by myself and I went to um shopping center. I was actually trying to go to the FAO sports toy store, pick up some for my kids, but I happened to notice this shopping center, it was like the outdoor shopping center, right next to it, and it had like little stores on the side, you know, like small stores, but then it had these tents that were covering kiosks. It was a long strip, and they looked exactly like what I saw in the dream. <laughs> so then I, I saw that I had dreamt that I was there before, and I just felt, I just knew the place. I knew everything about it because it was in my dream. Wow. That was just so weird for me, you know. I have a lot of dreams like that, and I find myself reaching those locations um, some years later. So I know it's a big thing. A lot of people are going through that these days. Yeah. But, um, now, in regards to other people's uh, reports, you know, what you've heard on, on uh, other shows and things like that, um, where do you – where do you see the progress is going to be with that? You know, do you think that we may start to see something a little bit more than the things we've been experiencing? Are they going to get yes. more aggressive? Absolutely. Um, I, I think um, what's so interesting is that every, basically every other major power on the planet has released um, all of their documents concerning UFOs. Everyone except the United States. Mexico says that they exist. Brazil says that they exist. Um, France came out with their documents. Great Britain. Everybody except the United States. And the reason why is because the United States is greedy. They're greedy for power, oil, money, so on and so forth. And if they were to admit that these extraterrestrials do exist and that they can come into our airspace anytime they want without interference, then that power structure will crumble. But what they don't realize is that their power structure is going to crumble anyway. These beings are going to show themselves globally where everyone is going to see them at once. There is, you know, 
these sightings are, have increased so much, and it's unfortunate that the public, especially in Western countries, don't know exactly the profound effect that's happening right now. Uh, there's a story in Saudi Arabia in January of, of this year, January of 2009. It was during prayer. Uh, it was very close to the city of Mecca. A million people saw a spaceship over Saudi Arabia, and it was so uh, so much chaos when they saw this that, that they said that the people really started praying then. <laughs> this object was shooting out lasers and things like that. I pray a little. I pray indoors. But you know, that's what's happening now, and and what it is is they're conditioning us to to get ready. That's why people like me and and many many other people are are allowed the opportunity to to talk about this because we're trying to. It's our duty to let people know what's going on, whether you want to hear it or not, because they're coming. And they don't come necessarily to – They. it is my opinion from research that, that one particular group seeded the human race. All right, and that's a totally different discussion. But if, if that's true, if that's possible, it would make sense that they would come here at a time where we're at a crossroads, where we need to – change our ways, there's not going to be a human race. You know, everything from global warming, the the um, the wars all over the place, and we, we don't even talk about the ozone layer anymore. That's still messed up. Uh, the melting of the ice caps, so many creatures uh, being extinct every every day. I think I read that, like, at least one species of, of sea life goes extinct every day. That's preposterous. So it makes sense that they will come here and, and intervene and say, okay, Look, change your ways, or we're going to do something about this. Especially, if we have some form of space travel. We can't bring our foolishness out there. You know what I mean? That's that's logical. If I had to make any power power decisions, and and I, if I was contacted by them, I would more so ask them to, because I know it's difficult for them to do this, to come to us and give us, you know, education on things that we can do to improve Mm -hmm. it. You know, even if they don't make it a public announcement, but to go to our leaders, and and it's possible that they may have been trying to do that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we've had stubborn leaders who they can barely cover certain issues with amongst humans, let alone talk to somebody outside of this country, outside of this world. And I'm thinking that, you know, they might possibly look for or wait for a leader that would be more acceptive mm-hmm. and allow them to be able to teach. And, and that was one reason why I thought that the footage that they showed um, back in January at the inauguration when they were in the <laughs> spacecraft hovering, right. um, I mean, not even hovering, it was just like, you know. Right. I, I would think that it was just trying to watch to see what happens and that, they're waiting for us to get a leader that will actually listen to them without trying to take them and, you know, examine them and kill them or whatever. Because it's been known through our history that every time we see something we're not sure of, we don't know what it is, the Rick Jury is or whatever, the first thing we experience is fear. And then, then we want to take that thing and kill it or examine to see where it came from, what it's like and all that. So I would think that those kind of things they would see too and, and be afraid 
come over here and address us because mm-hmm. we would automatically feel that way. Right. But I think that's why they're doing gradual visitation and looking for the right person that will be acceptive to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Because I think whatever happens to our world kind of works with the entire universe because we're a large part of this universe. So if we destroy it, it is possible certain things will affect other planets. Absolutely. So I think it's it's possible that that's why they would be trying to make contact, you know, things like that. And they're trying to do it incognito. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now they're coming out of the woodwork and, <laughs> you know, making it known. Right. But right. do, you, do you ever think that there may be some aggressive beings that might be coming down to do more harm than good? It's possible. Um, good and bad I mean, is all... Total annihilation, you know. It's certainly possible. Um, it, good and bad depends on uh, your perspective. I, I think that they did it before. If you go uh, by what history tells uh, us, mm-hmm. um, the, the Sumerians said that, that the Anunnaki who came to the earth Sumerians were around long before the Egyptians and before the Hebrews, before the Bible. They said that a group came and they had good intentions. They they taught us arithmetic, they taught us astronomy, things of that nature. But um, you know, things started to happen where that that should not have happened. These beings started to mate with with Earth people, and, and the Bible even says that it talks about the sons of God coming and and mating with the daughters of men. And that was kind of like an abomination, and things were just out of control. So they stopped the whole experiment and caused a flood to wipe out the entire planet. And the, the Bible says that the next time it will be fire. So maybe there, there's some indication there. Uh, obviously, most people don't believe that, but there are signs, and every culture talks about an end time, a destruction from the sky. And um, whether we're Christian or not, even... Uh, if we play devil's advocate uh, in the Christian theology, Jesus Christ is supposed to come back on a cloud with his angels, and they're going to judge mankind. And it says that uh, after the destruction, there will be a new earth, a uh, new heaven, new earth. So if we play devil's advocate, that's just the same as saying a spaceship comes and they judge mankind. Um, but quickly, to go back to your point, you made a great point about President Obama. Um his transition chief, John Podesta, is a strong advocate on ending UFO secrecy. He is a major believer in that. And I'm pretty sure, as him being a close advisor to the president, that he's whispered some things in his ear, as well as Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, along with her husband, Bill, when he was president, they made it very public that they wanted to investigate UFOs and aliens but the president was threatened by the CIA not to look into this, or in their own words, he would end up like Kennedy. So he stopped it there. There's there's video that can be looked up where, in, um, I believe it was 1997, I'm not sure, but President Clinton um, met with a, a, a young child who was dying of cancer, and his last wish was to know if uh, what really happened at Roswell. So... The president, in a speech, this is on video, he said, he was addressing the young child, and he said, um, if there really are aliens and they crashed at Roswell, nobody told me, and I want to know right now. So that's, you know, 
even the presidents don't know what's going on. You know, Barack Obama has a lot of power and a lot of clout, but there it's those people behind the scenes who oh, yeah. who, who are making moves. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's always been like that because, you know, there's some you know how they have needs no basis and mm-hmm. you know, they they don't think that you know everything because possible he wouldn't be able to make the decisions they want him to make in regards to that and or he wouldn't be able to accept it that way now i know the last president wouldn't be able to handle anything like that so uh for eight years we had to just put it on hold (laughs) so you know i believe that things will certainly change over the next year and I don't know if it happened during my lifetime or anything like that, but um, uh, I've already had my experiences, and you know, other people are having more aggressive experiences, and it's just really strange that, you know, it's all coming to light now. Mm-hmm. And yet we still have non-believers. I mean, we have so many movies about it. We can mm-hmm. look at the movies, but because you know Hollywood kind of sensationalizes it, People say, oh, yeah, sure, you know. Right. That's a strange thing. So I'm going to take a very short break and do some promos to help out my uh, fellow radio hosts and, you know, tell everybody about it. And I'm also going to have a little fun with some music files that I found. And um, just hold your horses, everybody, and we'll be back with Pharrell Copeland, and we'll talk some more about his experiences. The year is 1959, the city, Detroit, Michigan. Barry Gordy gathers the best musicians from the city's thriving jazz and blues scene for his new record company, Motown. For the next 14 years, these players are the heartbeat on My Girl, Baby Love, Ooh Baby Baby, Bernadette, I Was Made to Lover, I Heard It Through the Grapevine, Dancing in the Streets, and every other hit from Motown's Detroit era. By the end of their phenomenal run, the unheralded group of musicians plays on more number one hits than the Beach Boys, the Rolling Stones, Elvis Presley combined, making them the greatest hit machine in the history of popular music. They call themselves the Funk Brothers. Among this noted group of musicians is Jack Ashford, who was featured in the documentary Standing in the Shadows of Motown. Jack is also the author of the book Motown from the Ground Up. But Monday night, July the 6th at 7 p.m., Jack Ashford will be here with us on Fresh Touch Communication on Blog Talk Radio. That's right, on Monday, July the 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Jack Ashford from the Funk Brothers will be with us here on Fresh Touch Communication to tell the story of the greatest hit-making machine in history. You'll be sure to want to tune in Monday night, July the 6th at 7 p.m. Where are you coming, baby? My 
music artists across the country. Rap, R&B, rock, soul, pop, reggae, hip-hop, and spoken word, you can find it all here at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mingle Zone Network. If you're an independent artist dropping a new album, let Mingle Zone Network host your CD release listening party on the air. You can email us at Network at live.com. Come listen to us on Wednesdays through Sunday from 8 p.m. to midnight for a wonderful time and some great music. possibility of other existences in our planetary uh, vicinity coming down here to say hi to us or do anything more that they want to do or give us warnings, whatever it is they come down to. Um, we wanted to send them a message that, you know, for some of us are more than welcome to accept you and uh, have you come down as long as it's a peaceful presentation and um, we could all learn from each other and maybe something about getting our world back in the way that they should be. So, Terrell, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your experiences with us. Uh, more questions that I may have for you would be, do you have any other family members who have ever experienced any contact or any visions or you know, anything that in relation to that? Oh, sure. They, uh, they won't talk about it uh, much because I... I have a very religious family, a Christian family. Um, I have two uncles who are ministers. My mother is an evangelist. So they they talk about it briefly just to show a little bit of support, like, hey, I know what you're going through, so on and so forth, but I'm not going to go any further than that, <laughs> you know, um, which is sort of odd because um, I, I respect uh, faith and, and religious conviction, but when it gets in the way of um, being logical or, or just common sense, I think then there's a problem. Um, because you can't believe everything that you see, but when you see something that is very profound to you and you can't explain it, it's common sense and it's a responsibility for an adult to at least look into it, to explore what may and may not be happening. 
but I have had uh, family members uh, talk about strange things that they have seen in the sky and uh, certain encounters that they may or may not have had. Uh, in my own workplace alone, I've had at least 25 coworkers tell me their experiences with what they believe to be UFOs, which is just amazing. Wow. So um, in relation to religion, do you think that um, really heavily religious people have their own opinion in regards to, you know, anything outside of the ordinary, like extraterrestrial beings existing? Oh, absolutely. They, um, the big sentiment now, especially in the, the Christian community and with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, is that extraterrestrials exist, but they are of Satan, that they, um, they are the fallen angels that the Bible talks about. And, and the reason why they're showing themselves more is uh, to confuse Christians and, and to move away from Christ, uh, which is, I mean, it's a valid um, argument to make. I, I, I have no quarrels with that. Um, there are other people who do believe that, that they are extraterrestrials, but they find it hard-pressed. Um, especially Christian. I, I keep harping on Christians because other religions are more uh, acceptable for that information. Um, uh, Buddhism and, and Hindu religions started with that type of stuff. Um, they're not. I don't even really consider them religions. It's more spirituality. They talk about communing with space brothers and space sisters, um, different tribes. Um, Native American tribes, the Hopi and uh, the Mayans, who everybody knows, the big 2012 thing, they talk openly about, about that. They, they even talk about how they built the pyramids so that these uh, beings could come and commune with them. Um, uh, Christianity, unfortunately, people don't understand that that whole uh, movement was started with a UFO sighting in 330 A.D. by the Emperor Constantine. He didn't start Christianity because of Jesus Christ. He, he could care less. He started it because he saw an object in the sky over Rome in Italy that looked like a cross, but it was flying in the air. And that's what inspired him to start that. Um, even here in the United States, we a lot of us revere Malcolm X, and um, most of us, especially in the black community, we, we pay attention to Minister Farrakhan. But what we don't know is that organization started – with the UFO sighting in 1931 in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was shown a spaceship in the sky. Um, all of religion has a connection with uh, the UFO phenomenon. The sad part about it is that many of us who follow in a religion don't know the history about it. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. We only know what's been placed in our minds as current publications. And those of us who make an effort to go and research anything beyond that, the only ones that really are, you know, blessed enough to know maybe all the true history that there is out there, you know. So that that's just something that we just have to work on as a people, just do more research about mm -hmm. everything in life. You know, don't take everything for what you see. You have to do research as to why that is. And don't believe everything that the media tells you. You need to do your own research and find out what it is because a lot of times they're just covering up something so that you don't know the actual truth. Right. And they just give you that sugar-coated version so that you're lost. I think the the movie um, The Matrix was a perfect example. Oh, yeah. 
we sit there and, you know, this safe world and safe atmosphere thing and everything is going like it usually goes for the, the history of our family, but we don't really know how connected it is to the rest of the universe and, you know, what our small place in here is. You know, we, we're not the, the boss. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't see that. And if it was to come down to, you know, something else more powerful coming down here to take over, we probably wouldn't be able to handle it. And that's why they they have all those movies out there to kind of give us an idea of, you know, what's going to happen. Right. If you're not on point, you don't know what's going on. You don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be eliminated just like everybody else. It doesn't matter if you have a president. You know, it doesn't matter how wealthy you are. You're just a living being that will get the same treatment as anything else on this planet when the time comes. Right. So, you know, that's what a lot of people don't really accept, and they have a hard time doing that. Mm-hmm. They want to have power, and this is the way our country has been for centuries since we've been here. Mm-hmm. Now, so... Now, do you have any um, any any kind of notations you want to give us about you know our subject matter today? Uh, sure. Um, a couple of things. Um, I wanted people to understand that that the UFO phenomenon um, it's more common than, than what people think. You know, going back to what you talked about the media, you know, for centuries, well, really decades since the forties. The, the whole subject has been ridiculed and whatnot, but there are so many prominent people who have openly talked about their UFO encounters, but it hasn't been talked about, um, unfortunately. People like, um, as I mentioned before, the Honorable Minister uh, Louis Farrakhan, uh, his teacher, Elijah Muhammad, um, Clyde Tombaugh, who is an astronomer, the person who found, it, who found Pluto back in the 1920s, he saw UFOs with, with his telescope. This is the man that found a planet. Um, John Lennon from the Beatles, um, the hip-hop artist Nas, he wrote a, wrote a, dedicated a whole song to his UFO sighting. Um, who else? Uh, Christopher Columbus wrote about uh, strange anomalies that he saw on his way over to uh, America, which he thought was India. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, Shirley MacLaine, who is an actress. Um, oh, yeah, she's very well aware of it. I absolutely. Of no, absolutely. on Black Talk Radio as well. Oh yeah, yeah. She's been on Block Talk Radio before. And she talks. She's not. She's not very open as much as she would be in her book. But mm-hmm. um, because of the audiences and you know, and her not knowing who she's talking to when she's speaking, she does reserve certain information. Mm-hmm. Which is understandable because you know, sometimes when you say certain things, people don't necessarily take it as you know something that they could believe, and they might think it a little off. And ever since she brought out this subject matter, she's been criticized about it. Yeah. So yeah. I can understand her holding back a little bit and just trying to share as much as she can and is willing to. And mm-hmm. she kept this very short interview. So. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that's what's so uh, important about this time that we're living in right now, these, these next couple of years. It's not the time to hold back. Uh, I'm speaking to people who have these experiences and, and feel like they know what's going on. It's time to just do a full court press and bring this information whether people want to hear it or not because it's our responsibility. Um, especially in the black community, this is something that we don't talk about at all. It's not even in our subconscious, really. And uh, I was very disappointed because Shirley McClain did an interview on Tavis Smiley's program a couple months ago, 
interview was going well. She was talking about a book, her career. But when she started mentioning UFOs, it was kind of like, okay, the interview is is over now, you know? I mean, she barely got a chance to, to talk about it. That's very unfortunate, especially for, for African-American programs. We need to start talking about this. The first abduction case that was recorded in this country involved a black man and his white wife, so it's very much a part of our culture. Um, uh, when we talk about the movie Independence Day, believe it or not, they got the majority of that movie came from a book that was written by a black man. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad from the Nation of Islam wrote a book in the night, I believe it was 1973, is entitled The Mother Plane. And on the front cover of this book, it shows a giant spacecraft with other spacecrafts coming out of it, going towards the Earth. And it looks just like what you saw on Independence Day. It's, it's just uh, amazing. You, you have to do the research. Yeah, I think a lot of people, I don't know if it's just that we don't want anybody to get the the idea that something's wrong with us when we talk about those things that we have yet to see to prove. And I believe that once we do see those things a little bit more clearly, then everybody will feel more comfortable about sharing all their past experiences. They'll mm-hmm. say, you know, I never wanted to talk about it before because I didn't want people to think I was crazy, but I, I have seen that before, you know. And then, um, in regards to the way movies are depicting these types of experiences, I can understand, like I was saying before, how certain messages are sent to people who write these stories. Because right. I'm, I'm also a writer, and I come up with ideas that are just really off the wall at times <laughs> where I couldn't even imagine where they would have come from. I right. couldn't even figure out how it just entered my head. So I was working on a story that was called um, um, Visitors. And we probably had titles like that before, but it just for some reason stuck in my head. And mm-hmm. it was about a community of alien species that were actually living among us um, for a purpose. They were living, they, they looked like us. Somehow they got themselves to be looking exactly like us, but they weren't exactly like us. Their whole uh, physiological um, being internally was different. It was sort of mm-hmm. opposite of ours. But mm-hmm. um, the way the story works, is that there was a couple who was a family, actually, of these alien people who were leaving the community, and they were trying to get away because there was some impending doom coming to this planet. And Hmm. the purpose for that community, they have been there to watch over us because another group of alien beings were coming down to annihilate us. And this mm-hmm. group of people that have been here are the only ones who can actually save us or fight for us because of their technology or whatever they know how to do, and they understand this, this other um, group that is coming down to annihilate us. So wow. people were not able to understand anything. So what happened was um, the family was, they stopped at like one of those truck stops, and they had a little girl with them. The little girl gets hit by a car, but they can't stay there and go to the hospital and watch the hospital people look at the little girl and the same other because they're going to realize that this is not a normal little girl. So they actually had to leave her and go on where they were going. So there's a little girl's in the hands at the hospital of people, and they're not sure exactly what is going on because everybody's so different and things are happening and stuff. So somebody gets an idea to call government when, when it comes to those types of things 
and they come in and take the girls' people away, you know, and do their thing, you know how they are. Mm-hmm. So they came in and they took her. So over time we'll see in the movie certain things that are happening because those other beings that are trying to annihilate us are sending down scouts here our planet for destruction from them. And um, this is where we'll start to see both those beings and those other beings, but us as humans, we don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. All we know is that they're not from here and they're on our planet. And then, of course, the other doomed beings, the one that is causing the harm, is going to be showing some kind of violence towards us. So we're going to assume those other ones are part of them. Right. Because we probably do that. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't, de- de- you know, we wouldn't depict them from each other. We would assume they were all from the same place. So right. the story goes where we have certain people who um, are kind of understanding what's going on and try to work with them to help defend us. And then, of course, we got our military who doesn't care. <laughs> so I'm going to perfect that story and and stop it out there because a lot of people are asking me about writing for horror movies and uh, science fiction and things like that. Everybody's trying to enter this era of science fiction mm-hmm. as we, you know, and and encourage more technology that is coming to our world. So look for that. I don't know if the name will stay the same, but that's the concept if anybody's listening. And... Um, I think that that's something that could possibly be happening right now, but I don't. I couldn't tell you why that entered my head. I could not tell you. I've never written anything about that kind of stuff before. So, you know, have you ever had experiences like that where you just get an idea about something or get a vision or, or you just know something but you don't know how you know it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I have a. Um, I'm writing a book now. I'm not going to publish it or anything. It's for me. But it's just like a, a flow of information that's just so brilliant that it's like I could not have come up with this. This is just amazing, this stuff that I'm writing it from everything, uh, uh, dealing with, with opposite sex or, or uh, dealing with a specific science argument or debate, politics, religion. It's just uh, these brilliant ideas that seem to come out of thin air. I was taught by my teacher that... Um, certain people in this world are what what are called star seeds. What a star seed is a regular person who is who was born from a mother and what have you. But at the time of their birth, you have to understand that in the spiritual world, there there are spirits not just of human beings, but of all types of beings from all over the universe. What happens is is these spirits pick a body. To, to go in, to experience that life. When we're talking about ourselves, human beings, they, they want to experience human life. So it's kind of a symbiotic relationship between a human being and this other spirit who comes from only God knows where they come from. And what they do is they don't interfere in a person's life, but they inspire in ways. When there are certain ventures that that person wants to participate in, they add that little extra to it, they they uh, they add that little extra information, and and also the human is is uh, responsible for this in an indirect way because, believe it or not, our souls are very old. Our souls are as old as the universe because that energy is never destroyed. It is just it transfers from one place to another. That's a scientific fact. Um, 
whether we believe in the afterlife or not, that essence that is within us is very old. So it would make sense that we had different experiences and lessons learned from past lives, and, and maybe there's a possibility that that's where that information is coming from. That's, that's an excellent um, point that you made because I feel exactly the same way. And um, it's, it's probably obvious in a lot of very highly intelligent children mm-hmm. that their spirit will be of that of an old spirit with which it would teach them things or have the knowledge of things that normally that child would not even know mm-hmm. because of their age. You, know, you ever see kids that um, people say that child just such, has such an old soul, and it's right. true because they do. And I think that um, it's almost like a recycling. Mm-hmm. And every certain generations or or decade or so, however long it takes, we get recycled, mm-hmm. and we just grow again. I mean, that's why people think they've had past lives. They may hold on to some of those memories of the lives they lived before the one they they live now. So, but you know those types of things I believe are things that happen. And of course, I'm going to do a show on that in the future. <laughs> um, we recently had a guest on um, that um, you know, um, Mr. Paul Phillips, and right. we discussed a lot of things about spirituality and mediums and uh, spirits, exorcism things like that. So I will be having a different show on that. We'll kind of go a little bit out to more, you know, reasons why we see these things and see what the connection is with extraterrestrial beings as well, no spirits. So mm-hmm. we'll do another show in the future, and I welcome you to come back to join us for that. Oh, absolutely. I would love to. It would be an honor for me. Um, Paul is a great man. I, I've only known him for a couple of months, and again, it was one of those circumstances where it was totally out out the blue how we met up. There's so many people who are connecting nowadays through seems like almost divine means um, or preordained means. Um, I I met him through a friend of mine on YouTube. She I was watching. I like to read comments about uh, shows that I've been on to see what people are thinking out there. And I saw one woman. She said she was from my area and she wanted to meet me and whatnot. So I got in contact with her. We met and talked, and she went to see a psychic, like, sometime in the past, and they gave her this card of this guy named Paul Phillips, who she didn't know, and the psychic told her, you need to contact this man. (laughs) And we all met up, and that's how I got to know Paul, and we just had so much in common. He was a great teacher, um, just amazing guy. And I think what's important is that his journey started with a UFO sighting. You know, he, he's very spiritual and he deals with, with that sort of issue, but his whole thought process changed and his journey started with a UFO sighting, like so many other people, like me, like so many other people. I'm sure even yourself, when you had that, that sighting that you remember, it kind of, it had an effect on your life. Mm-hmm. Certainly did. Um, not immediate because the memories. Mm-hmm come back every once in a while, and it's kind of weird that I would have a reoccurring dream so many times in my life, you know, it's just strange, and I don't know why it happens, but, you know, who knows what what could have happened, because, of course, I did mention that I don't remember anything beyond opening the door, and I I know that I was talking without moving my mouth, 
and they were doing the same thing. So after that, I, I had not, you know, any part of memory of anything that happened after that. And usually I remember a lot of dreams that I had, but that one, it was like a blackout right after that. So mm-hmm. it was really strange to have that dream. So but that's another thing. We're going to talk about dreams and the relationship um, of those dreams to things that are, are like messages to people because when you have it that vivid and that clear, then it, it is a, actually a, a mental message coming to you from somewhere, whether it's um, God, whether it's, you know, some other spirit or something that's like foretelling what's going to happen. We're going to discuss that, and we're going to discuss the history of dreams, and we're going to discuss spirituality and its connection with, you know, our souls and where we come from and where we are now. So I'm going to play out another um, bit of um, sound, uh, which is kind of creepy in a way, (laughs) but uh, it kind of uh, relates to a lot of things that we've discussed so I'm going to play that out as I thank you again for coming to my show and discussing your experiences. I also want to thank the audience for listening in on um, this show with Terrell Copeland. And Terrell, before we go, could you just share your MySpace page address so if people want more information, they can look you up. Sure. Um, you can find me on MySpace.com forward slash Terrell Copeland, or you can look me up on BlackStartupBiz.com. Uh, I'm open book. I'm very inclusive. I will talk about anything. And I thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. And um, if anyone is interested in asking me any questions or being a guest on any shows, please visit me at my email address, minglezonenetwork at live.com. You can also visit my website at www.minglezonenetworkenterprises.com. Dot com and it's m i n g l e z o n e n t w o r k e n t e r p r i s e s dot com so the network so without the e so please visit us and we will go out with some really great music I was working with little audio equipment to see how skilled I could be and um, thanks again Terrell thanks and have a great holiday. You do the same. Good night.